When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, we're Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again. We got romance, we got action, romance. we got comedy, we got everything you need, man. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro- I, I don't know about this romance, what part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches, and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know! Alright, so come on down to su- wait, why did I say come on down? To Superhero Stuff You Should Know. It is mind-blowing and heartbreaking how many original scripts are written every year but are never made. So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts, movies made of paper, wherever you get your podcasts. Free! George, George, George of the jungle, strong as he can be. Watch out for that tree. George, George, George of the All right, Matt, this is a, a real test. I am of the belief that there is no way that we are going to get a reasonable <laughs> length episode out of George of the Jungle and that this will be a mini at best. Well, so, yeah, pe- people who are listening, my belief is that we're going to have a lot to talk about with George of the Jungle, and this is going to be a normal episode, but... I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is uh, maybe we won't have a whole lot to say. It's a short. I I, I don't know because this is such a weird one. Like there, this is so such an odd outlier in his uh, in his catalog. But anyway, when you're listening to this, you're going to know whether Matt or I was right about what kind of episode <laughs> this will be. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So George of the Jungle, as far as we know, I mean, it is. Definitely the first cover song that Al has ever recorded. Yes. Up until recently, I'm pretty sure it was the only cover song that I that think Al that's had true. Recorded. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're not counting like doing ten seconds of a song in a polka, obviously. Theoretically, right. the polkas are like a cover medley. And he does so much of his own composition within a polka that I don't think it, you know, it's not just a cover song. This is like note for note. Yeah. How the George of the Jungle theme goes. But <laughs> like, and you know what's funny? It because this is a cover of something just so like inherently ridiculous, it honestly never occurred to me that this was different in any way <laughs> until we talked about this episode, you and I. And then yeah. I was like, oh yeah, it's not a it's not a parody. <laughs> it's not an no, original. It's it, just a straight cover song. But that ne- I don't know, it never it never felt like a sore thumb to me. It never stuck out in in prior experiences of this record. It always just felt like it was part of it. But here's like the other weirdness of George of the Jungle, right? Like we are talking about Al recording a cover of a show that ran for 17 episodes in 1967. Well, yeah. Like it wasn't even like this was a massive show. Like like it's him doing like the Flintstones or the Jetsons yeah. would be like one thing. This is like, I don't know. This is like he had bigger if, ideas for the Flintstones. 
Well, yeah, it's just like, yeah. yeah. The, the most comparable thing I can think of is like if Weedus decided to just do a straightforward cover of like the Clone High USA thing song. <laughs> like, you know? Like yeah. Just- so that's also part of what's interesting. So I didn't know. I don't know how many people listening to this would know. I, I had looked this up as well. I cannot believe that the original George of the Jungle aired for 17 episodes. That's it. That's it. That is, I mean, that's, that's it. considering the impact of that show. And then, so in 1967, 17 episodes, nothing until the Brendan Fraser movie, which is in 1997, except for this. This weird cover, which then appeared in the Brendan Fraser yes. movie. There were two people who covered the theme, Weird Al's cover from 1985, and the President of the United States also covered it, which, like... I'm not sure if you, I mean, obviously you are aware that Al did Gump yes. off of Lump. I'm not sure if you listened to the Chris Makes episode with Chris from Presidents of the United States of America. Oh, I have they not bring heard up that one. Gump. So they bring up Gump and he talks about how him and Al became fast friends, like he was on the film set when they shot the music video. That's Al awesome. like came on the tour bus to show them the fr- he was the first person to see the fr- the final cut of the like like the relationship yeah. between the two of them was like an immediate melding of minds, which totally makes sense as we talk about like of course. what are the artists that Al actually probably loves and listens to and like what are the ones that are just like in the ether and what presence of the United States was doing was so out there and strange. Like the Super fact strange. that they had more than one hit is insane because they should yes. have had zero hits. Like uh, their uh, music was too abstract. It, it, way too weird. <laughs> it's the perfect fit for Al. I mean, it makes total sense. They were good. I mean, Peaches is still one of those songs where I listened to the song Peaches by Presidents and it is unbelievable that that ever got released as a single. It is such 100%. a strange they- song. So they do a so great weird. cover. Video killed the radio star. They yep. like well, well. When we get to Bad Hair Day, I mean, there are things to talk about with the Gump episode, with the song Gump. But I think more than anything, that episode will slowly just turn into a Presidents United States of America appreciation episode because I have been a long time loyal fan of that band. <laughs> I, I'm. It's <laughs> taking all of my willpower right now to save my anecdotes about that band for that episode that will be down the line but i think that's the right move because we do have to talk about that band and i'm very excited to do so i'll just for the moment i'll just say if you don't have knowledge another thing which you know we've if you're a fan of al i think you'd probably be a fan of that band if you're not familiar with the presidents of the united states of america check them out they've put out they're no longer a band unfortunately but they put out a few records all of which were pretty great i think that they're they're absolutely worth your time Yes, I agree. Uh, yeah. So, George of the Jungle was created by Jay Ward, who is a television cartoon writer who I am a huge fan of. Are you familiar with Jay Ward by name? No, not by name. Okay. So, he was the co-creator of Rocky and Bullwinkle, which okay. means that he is also the co-creator of Dudley Do-Right, Peabody and Sherman, and all of those other characters that showed up on that show. Right. Wow. I absolutely adore Rocky and Bullwinkle. I think it is one of the strangest cartoons that has ever existed. If you rewatch it, the the way that that show just shatters through the fourth wall is pretty insane. And I think, I could be wrong here, 
but I think clicking around, I may have solved why Al covered this song because <laughs> George of the Jungle was created by two men, Jay Ward and Bill Scott. And I see here that Bill Scott passed away in November of 1985. Let oh. me see when. Nope, Dare to Be Stupid came out in June, so that does not make oh, sense. Darn it! Um, wow, I man. was like, maybe, maybe he was like, oh man, yeah, as an ode to this this comedic legend, because there is zero chance that Al is not a Rocky and Bullwinkle fan. Without a doubt. Like, Without a doubt, yeah. He has to be a ma- massive fan. Like, Yeah. That's such a shame, because that really seemed like you had it there. Regard- I mean, yeah, no, he, Al must be a huge fan of this. And it's, to me, so first of all, this is a great example of Al's prescience. Again, so interesting. No reason to do this. Who could have ever guessed in the eighties that George of the jungle would somehow still be, I feel like this is still a, a franchise that people have heard of at least. Right. I think they brought back another uh, animated series of it. I don't think they have. Let me, so let me check again. Let me, let me go over to this George of the jungle wiki page. Is this, is George of the jungle a character that the zoomers would, uh, would be familiar with? I have no idea. Gold key comics published two issues back in 1986 of the George of the jungle comic book. Um, here we go. 2007 series. Classic Media developed a new George of the Jungle flash animation, uh, flash animation series 40 years later in 2007. Cartoon Network. Yeah, it ran for 26 episodes. So the second run oh my God. ran longer than the original show. Because <laughs> under the cultural references tab on Wikipedia, it's basically just Weird Al Yankovic did a cover version of George of the Jungle theme on his 1985 album, Dare to be Stupid, the only straight cover Yankovic ever released on an album, which later appeared on the soundtrack of the 1997 live-action film. Another cover was done by Presidents of the United States of America. And in 1989, Rhino Records released Rerun Rock. Superstars sing television theme songs. Uh, <laughs> included a cover performed in the style of Whole Lot of Love, by Led Zeppelin and sung by Scott Shaw. <laughs> so so then I guess the question is, why does anybody know this show? I have why? no clue. Like I, I, I this it's just only confounding me further. Like this, I, I it, this it almost reminds me of when we were talking about I Lost on Jeopardy and the realization that at the time that Al recorded that Jeopardy really was not a thing. And this is so so weird that he would do this. Well, I mean, okay, maybe it's not that weird because maybe this is an example of Al like avoiding the mainstream and what was current and popular at the time and instead doing this homage to something weird and culty, probably from his childhood that he was just particularly interested in. That's the only thing that makes any sense. It was just like a and and there is a consensus not a consensus because I couldn't find any real facts about this. There's talk online that Scotty Brothers, his record label, forced him to do this cover. But I could not find a specific reference or quote from Al to back that up. Do you have that, Matt? Is there is there like an actual like... So I think you're triggering a subtle memory in my brain. Okay. I think the story was that Scotty Brothers wanted him to record a cover. Yes. And they didn't specify what. That story... And, is, and is then he around agreed the internet. and came back with this. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you look at the forums and you search through his history, like, there are people who say Scotty Brothers made him do, um, and we haven't gotten to this yet, but we're going to get to it, Scotty Brothers made him do a cover. They wanted a regular cover, and they wanted a parody of Girls Just Want to Have Fun. 
And this record involved the most interference from his label on his work. Which is super interesting to me, considering how acclaimed and how like beloved and respected this album is in his catalog. Because this is, again, I think general consensus as far as I can tell is that this is one of his highest ranking albums. But it also has two instances of songs that, by most accounts, Al did begrudgingly at best. Yeah. It's interesting. I, yeah, I'm like searching through threads to see, like, is there anybody who can explain that story? Yeah, um, it's interesting. Like, so... The, the and I, I don't want to talk too much about girls just want to have lunch before that episode but that his issue with that song is well documented and there are direct pull quotes from him talking about it that exist but for this i did a good amount of research and generally speaking all i found were people saying i heard blank which is what you just said which is that i heard that the label forced him to do a cover song and this is what he picked which is like yeah. both a fitting oddball quirky choice for him and also probably uh something of a middle finger to the label um who i'm sure wanted him to do something more uh of the time than something that could not have been less of the time well the other thing that's interesting to note is that oh wait a second i was saying so i'm reading a bunch of different information but i yeah i think Again, this isn't answering anything, but it's adding uh, a, a tinge of something that I want to discuss here. Hold on a second. Dare to be stupid. I want to check the personnel on this again. Uh, that Okay. So Bill Scott, who created Georgia of the Jungle and passed away in November of 1985, was also the voice of of George of the Jungle on the show, and Al had him come in and do yes. the background yells. Yeah. So this is also the last recording of Bill Scott. Oh, I didn't know I'm it was the last sure. recording. I'm glad you I'm found that. I'm pretty sure it has to be. I'm it glad that you just found be. that in real time, because that's awesome. I did I did find that earlier, and I was excited to mention it, but you, you found it. It was very, very, yeah. It seems like, to be honest, I always assumed it was Al doing that yell, even though I, now that same. I'm listening to it, it doesn't really sound like him. Um, but I always assumed it was Al. No, it's the original guy. He got the original guy to do it's it again. It's pretty amazing. The original guy to come back and do it. Which then also kind of deflates. The, I feel like that's a lot of effort to put into a cover that you don't care about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, I think he probably did care about this. At least he must. You know what? You don't invite the original person like that on to do a recording like this unless you are. Unless you give a shit. Yeah. So his last actual voice recording was that he uh, did a voice on uh, Adventures of the Gummy Bears, but <laughs> I'm gonna prefer I'm gonna prefer to pretend that it was this recording with Weird Al. We're officially rewriting <laughs> history right now on this podcast. The last recording 100%. he did was this cover in a beautiful poetic end. <laughs> yeah, the full the full symmetry the full of his symmetry career. of life was perfect, <laughs> and he ended on the tar the George of the Jungle yell. I almost said Tarzan. I've uh, not the same character, although no, it's the same creator, right? For legal, or it, I don't it's, know if it's the same creator of Tarzan. I think it's a parody was, of yeah, Tarzan. Parody, I think parody of Tarzan. That makes more sense. Yeah, it's so the George of the Jungle thing gets even more weird when I was like kind of digging through that little wormhole because there were seventeen twenty-minute episodes 
that were broken into three parts with three different characters. So it was George of the Jungle had a segment, Super Chicken had a segment, and then someone named Tom Slick had a segment. So Tom Slick. Theoretically, I want to sit here. I'm going to do some quick rudimentary math. Okay. So let's say these are let's you know what? let's give them the benefit of the doubt. We'll say they're 25 minute long episodes. Divided by three means there are eight minutes. <laughs> times 17 means that there was 141 minutes of George of the Jungle produced. <laughs> so Al has covered a song for a character that had approximately, at this point in time, two hours and 20 minutes of screen time over two decades ago <laughs> when he sat down to cover the theme song. I, yeah, I mean, it's it it's both makes no sense and makes perfect sense for it Al makes to perfect pick sense. something like this. I genuinely think that George of the Jungle must be one of those situations. It must be... Here's the best comparison I can make, right? In the 1950s, EC Comics starts releasing the Tales from the Crypt comics. Mm-hmm. And they are pretty controversial. And eventually they get shut down. And in the early 70s, some people who love the comics in England produce two movies that are not Hammer movies, but gun to my head, I would have said that they were Hammer movies. (laughs) Uh, They did the Vault of Horror anthology film and they did the Tales from the Crypt anthology film. And then that was kind of it until a bunch of guys in their 40s who all became famous filmmakers and had bonded over their mutual love of the comics decided to pitch a show to HBO. And now... Tales from the Crypt is like this beloved, established franchise. I'm just making an assumption here. I don't think that they're connected fully, but I think that you had this cartoon that dropped in the 60s, the late 60s, that Al definitely probably watched as a kid. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that there were a few other people who watched it as a kid. Al decides to cover this song for reasons unknown. And I don't think that Al's cover is the reason that someone then decided to do a live action movie. I just think that someone else who also grew up loving George of the jungle was like, I'm pretty sure we can make a George of the jungle movie. Yeah. Because if I'm remembering correctly, it's not even like they did the Dudley do right movie. And then George of the jungle. I'm pretty sure George of the jungle was the first of the films based on those films, like to come out. Like, like I don't think it was like, oh wow, we really did well with this Rocky and Bullwinkle, yeah. and this Dudley Do Right movie. Right. Let's see what else we can get. Right, George yeah. of the Jungle was the first one. Yeah. So there, so someone must have just been a, a super fan of this character. That's true, and I, I mean, the one thing we'll never know is whether or not Al kept it alive in a way that made that happen. Because I do think, like, it, it really does. I mean, considering. I get. I had no idea. 1967 to 1990, like 30 years removed from the end of the show to come back and make a movie with really this being the only thing in the middle. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's uh, bizarre. It, it, maybe it would have happened without Al, but I do like to think that at least to some degree, keeping something alive as a pop culture reference, I mean, certainly does not hurt. 
Yeah, um, I, I guess what I was trying to say is like my through line with that is that Al Al's cover is almost like the two kind of obscure anthology films from the seventies of Tales from the Crypt. You know what I mean? Like it was this stop along the way, right? Before I the much bigger mainstream thing. You know what yes. I mean? Like so it's just it is such a strange anomaly for sure yeah um and and again i i can i guess i can believe that this was label pressure because they have a history of applying pressure to him again as they do also on this record um and because it is such an outlier you know the fact that he did this once and then never came back to it yeah maybe maybe this was some outside influence at play whether it was the label directly or some other thing that pushed him into doing something one time only Hello everyone, we're Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again. We got romance, we got action, romance. we got comedy, we got everything you need, man. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro- I, I don't know about this romance, what part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches, and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know. Alright, so come on down to, su- wait, why did I say come on down? To Superhero Stuff You Should Know. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. Can I ask you a question about Scotty Brothers? Sure. Did they really have... I guess they did. All right, I'm looking here. Help launch the... Actually, not really. So I was like, is Al really all they had going for them for the most part? And I mean, there's not a lot on their wiki page, but it said their first success came releasing singles and albums for the team pop star Leaf Garrett. Yeah. They later helped launch the careers of David Holliday, who I don't know, Felony, who I don't know, Survivor, and Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. Which is good to know that they already owned survivor's catalog i guess to make ryer the kaiser much easier for him to get the okay on right 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 um, they also signed james brown to a record contract in the mid 1980s as well as the uh as well as the uk act flag yeah like so they really it basically weird al was keeping the money flowing in consistently for scotty brother i was gonna say i think at one point some of those acts were relatively large i mean survivor is the most obvious but now all these years removed you look at that list and you'd be you know how could you think that any of those were bigger than al at this stage of the game they did in 1983 the same year that they released the self-titled they also released the eddie and the cruiser soundtrack which oh that's a good one you know yeah, they released the Revenge of the Nerds soundtrack. They released the Rocky Four soundtrack. Survivor. So it was yeah, there Al, you go. Al and soundtracks. They released the <laughs> Cobra soundtrack, the Transformers movie soundtrack, which suddenly totally explains how Dare to Be Stupid ended up go. in the Transformers there movie. You go. Uh, the Wraith soundtrack, um, He's My Girl soundtrack, Rambo Three soundtrack, Eddie and the Cruisers Two soundtrack, the UHF soundtrack. <laughs> There you go. A lot of soundtracks on here. Uh, another forty-eight hours soundtrack, <laughs> cliffhanger soundtrack in the eight in the nineties. Wow. Yeah, this is. 
Ooh, they put out Skilos I Wish. <laughs> no kidding, really? Yeah. That's amazing. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah, there's a... But yeah, it... oh, they put out DJ Yella's solo album in 1996 from, from NWA. Hmm. And then the song that keeps popping into my my life ever since I discovered rediscovered it in 1994 they released the self-titled album by 12 gauge that featured <laughs> the the minor hit single donkey butt which, <laughs> which I discovered randomly on an episode of one hit thunder and have been obsessed with ever since I'm gonna have to li- I don't know what that is just the name made me laugh I have to look that up oh my god I forget what. Oh, we were discussing. We were reviewing Danzig Mother. Oh, and I was looking okay. at what songs charted higher than Mother on the Billboard charts when it peaked. Wow. And Twelve Gauge Donkey Butt was on there. Which, <laughs> if you've ever seen Dodgeball, you would know the song because they play it a oh, couple times okay. in so Dodgeball. I guess I do know it. Yeah, but it's literally the opening line is, "Let me see that donkey butt and them big old legs." <laughs> And then most of the song is just like, don't get, don't get, don't get, but it is, it is right up there with, you know, we've talked about on one hit thunder, our love of great googly moogly by project uh, Pat. This project is in a Pat. very similar vein of yeah. just like, just yelling nonsense for a song. All right, buddy, we got to 24 minutes. Obviously <laughs> you've won this bet. Well, I, we I can't just, rank this. Yeah. We can't. Well, yeah, and that's funny. Again, right before we started recording, Matt was like, we can't rank this song. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, oh, I guess we can't, though. Because it's not an original and it's not a parody. And it's not a polka. And there's not enough, and there's not enough covers to justify having a category for this and Beat on the Brat. And beat on the like, Brat. I, yeah, you know, well, I had said it, it could be because I believe all the cover, I think all the covers that he did on the live tour, someone archived like all together on YouTube as like a single like playthrough. I mean, we're really talking like we are out of Al material to talk about in, you know, 20 to 30 years from now. We can go back to that and we can uh, if this is add this, this plus the Vanity Song covers, Vanity Song cover songs plus George of the Jungle. We will rank those. Well, look, if this show gets to the point where it is paying both of our bills and we need to keep it alive by any means necessary. We're going to talk yes, about we it. Will go Al through. did it. We're going to talk about it. I, I can talk for a long time about 8675309 or uh, classical gas. 8675309, the ultimate story is obviously that if you ever see Tommy Two-Tone live, he will most likely open and close with it, and there's a good chance he might even play it in the middle of his set, depending on how long wow. of a set time yeah, he's been go. given. Which, you know, that's a, that's a big point. I'll give to Wheatus. I've only ever really heard Teenage Dirtbag once in a Wheatus set. So, well, I we I will say we have done it twice. One time, someone a crowd got us to repeat it right at the break. Like, there's Brendan always takes a pause in the third verse where everything drops out before the yeah. the girl part. The I've got two tickets to Iron Maiden. We always stop the whole song, and a crowd in Manchester. No one's ever done this before, but at that moment of the song, everyone just started chanting, "Play it again." even though we yeah. hadn't finished it yet. And we were just so blown away that they wanted us to start over at like the two thirds of the way through point that we just did it. Honestly, it was so fun. That was like, I under normal circumstances, I would never want to open and close with it, but that was a blast. Well, what you can do, I will, right, we will always is, reward creativity. You know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Be clever. About well, no, it you, you can hear it twice. 
you can open with Teenage Dirtbag. In the middle of your set, you can play the Teenage Dirtbag 2020 re-recording. Sure. And then you can close with the Teenage Dirtbag sped up the version. The sped up version. That That's really what people really want to hear. That We're waiting for that now. <laughs> we have to learn it at 50% speed. That's how insane the world oh, is nowadays. My God. I can't believe it. <laughs> oh, um, the internet has yeah. both given us so many gifts and ruined it's a so many and a curse. It's a blessing and a curse. Take it from me. Um, but, one other thing yeah, about this, and then and then we'll uh, we'll move because you were talking about Scotty Brothers a lot and the artists they had on their roster, and I think this is enough to tease for now because we can talk about this later. But there are well documented rumors all over the internet that Scotty Brothers might have been a mafia connected organization, and people were genuinely I... afraid to mess with the people at Scotty Brothers. There's a lot of stories of people who didn't get paid, who got put into bad contracts, and generally the vibe was super threatening, and it was like, don't mess with these people. And if they didn't pay you, just walk away. You don't want to start a fight with these people. And there's more stories to tell, and we'll find moments throughout the his career, because Scotty Brothers is around for many, many years for Al at this point. But, uh, it you know, them pressuring him to do stuff on on records is not surprising from everything I've heard and not uh, probably something he would have been unwise to fight back too hard on. And also, I guess, uh, so wait, the label, this is the only other thing I saw here. Um, So the label, as well as Scotty Brothers themselves, ran an independent motion picture company, Scotty Brothers Pictures, and was associated with the television syndication company, All American Television, which later became All-American Communications after becoming involved in the production and distribution of Baywatch. Wow. So Scotty Brothers, I guess, is somehow tied to Baywatch as well. Yeah, and and maybe Scotty Brothers forcing Weird Al to do a cover song led him to pick George of the Jungle, which led for it to be rebooted, which led to Brendan Fraser having a career. Fair. It is fair. And incredibly, I have one last thing <laughs> to say about this because we don't get to rank it. Um, I just I looked this up mid-episode because it fascinated me so much how George of the Jungle is was a, a segment of a larger show that also featured this guy, Tom Slick. It was a character okay. in another cartoon. So Tom Slick also has 17 episodes because in the 17 <laughs> George of the Jungles, there was also a Tom Slick uh, segment next to George of the Jungle. And I've never heard this theme, but Tom Slick also has a theme song. And just really quick, we can envision what maybe it would have been like if Al had chosen to represent Tom Slick in his uh, song his song cover choice instead of George of the Jungle. Tom Slick, Tom Slick, let me tell you why. He's the best of all the good guys. Tom Slick, Tom Slick, in the Thunderbolt Grease Slapper. Once he's on your tail, he won't quit because you know there's no such word as fail to Tom Slick. If only we could get a peek at that alternate universe. And for people listening, the Tom Slick franchise is available if you want to, we want to reboot it. Yeah, I mean, let's also give a little bit of respect to Super Chicken, who was also part of the George of the Jungle. I know, I didn't oh, look show. up Super Chicken. <laughs> okay, this is the George of the Jungle episode is officially too long now, and we're going to have to revisit Super Chicken at a later date. <laughs> all right so there's a little tease one day we'll get to a someday we'll cover super chicken (laughs) 
Hello everyone, we're Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again. We got romance, we got action, romance. we got comedy, we got everything you need, man. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro I, I don't know about this romance, what part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches, and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know! Alright, so come on down to wait, why did I say come on down? To Superhero Stuff You Should Know. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 